Well, good morning. I'm so glad you're joining us today. We're in our second installment in a series we've entitled Speak Life, where we're talking about the fact the Bible says that with our mouths we can speak death or we can speak life. I mean, this all came home to me again the other day on Valentine's Day. My wife and I were going out to dinner, and she put on an outfit, and she walked out, and she said, does this make me look fat? And I had a choice right then to speak death or speak life right there. My death, my life. She looked amazing. I spoke life. Okay, so there we go. But it gets much more serious than this in the Bible, and we can think of it. But it's not hard to come up with ways that we could say, what do you mean our tongues could speak life or death? Well, if you've ever sat on a jury, somebody's freedom, and if they're guilty of a capital crime, literally their life is in your hands. You better get the verdict right. A doctor making a diagnosis can speak life or speak death if he gets it wrong or she gets it wrong. And we can think of more than that. A kid being bullied on a cell phone to the point where the kid goes, I don't want to live anymore. With our lips, with our thumbs, we can speak life or we can speak death. This is point one on your outline. We can choose, we can choose to speak life or speak death. What's it going to be? What's going to come out of my mouth this week? What am I going to post on social media this week? I get to choose. Proverbs 10. The words of the godly are life-giving fountain. The words of the wicked conceal violent intentions. Oh, yeah. Godly people build you up. Wicked people, mm, they're saying things to trip you up. Words kill. Words give life. They're either poison or fruit. You choose. Proverbs 18.21. And that verse right there is kind of the verse for the whole series. My words can be poison or fruit this week, and I get to choose. Last week, we talked about the importance of building others up rather than tearing them down. This week, we're talking about the whole area of truth. Am I going to speak truth or falsehood? Truth builds people up. Falsehood trips them up. And that brings us to point two. We speak life when our hearts are right. See, if I have a speech problem, I really have a heart problem. I do. I mean, if I have a problem always tearing people down, what kind of bitterness is in there driving that? If I got a problem that I tell lies just off, just like this, no problem telling a half truth, no problem making a promise I have no intention of keeping, no problem, what's driving that? Something's in here. Jesus said this, the good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart, and the evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For out of the overflow of his heart, his mouth speaks. I've heard it put this way, you know, if you go down to the beach, you can take a beach ball and hold it underwater, you can take another one and hold it under with this hand, you may be able to put one between your legs and hold them all under at the same time, but then a wave comes along and they all fly up in the air. That's the way it is with our hearts. We can stuff all kinds of things down. Old wounds, unreconciled relationships, deep needs, never addressed them. There's stuff down in there. And then all of a sudden, a bad week comes along when bills are due, when we're feeling sick, when stress is high, and boom, all sorts of things come out of our mouths. Things we didn't even know were in there. 
And so we're often even shocked by it. We even go, I can't believe I said that. I can't believe I made that promise. So a truth problem goes back to a heart problem. So today, I want to pray for our message today. We're going to talk about point three. I mean, the life application on this point is this, that we need to ask God to examine our hearts. And that's what we're doing. We're going to talk about truth today. We're going to ask God to examine our hearts and say, hey, is there something in there that doesn't, need to belong, that doesn't belong there? Psalm 139, David said, search me, O God. Know my heart. Test me. Know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. So I want to lead us in a word of prayer first and ask God to do that, to use this message today kind of like a CAT scan. Guys, there's something in my heart, something I need to change. I want to speak life, not death. And for that to happen, i got to have a heart check. And sometimes I don't even know what's in there myself. Would you pray with me, please? Lord, what we're talking about today is important. It's about speaking life. And Father, we can speak death. Our words can be toxic and poisonous, especially when we don't speak the truth. And so today, Lord, as we talk through some passages from your word, I pray that you will show us some things that need to change. I pray that you also show us some things that we're doing right so we can do more of that. If you'd like the Lord to examine your heart today and you'd like to use your mouth to speak life, not death, just quietly right where you are, would you say, Lord, would you teach me something today? Would you examine my heart? I want to speak life. We pray these things in the name of Jesus, the strong name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Move me out of the way, Lord. Say whatever you want to say to us today in the name of Christ. Amen. Point three, we speak life when we speak truth. We speak life when we speak truth. Last week we talked about we speak life when we speak words that build others up. Well, this week we speak life when we speak truth. Three ways we do that. A, first of all, speaking truth means giving honest feedback rather than flattery. Honest feedback rather than flattery. Here are three proverbs about this. The first one's from Proverbs 28. In the end, people appreciate honest criticism far more than flattery. Proverbs 27, wounds from a sincere friend are better than many kisses from an enemy. And Proverbs 29, to flatter friends is to lay a trap for their feet. I mean, this is so true. I mean, a true friend tells you when you're on the wrong track. Because we all have blind spots, things that we're not aware of in our lives. How am I going to learn from a mistake if I don't know I'm making the mistake? How am I going to know I have a bad attitude if I don't realize I have a bad attitude? It takes someone, it takes a careful friend, a friend who loves me, to tell me the truth. It wasn't that long ago when I was getting up to speak. I mean, here you can see... I'm on big, giant screens, and it goes out on the Internet, what we do, and it's sent all over the place, people all over the world, wherever they're jumping on the Internet or looking at these messages. And it wasn't that long ago. You may have noticed that sometimes I push my hair back. I've, I've done that once or twice. Anyway, um, but on a particular Sunday one time, I pushed my hair back, and there was a big strand of it that stood straight up like an antenna. 
And while I was talking, I noticed that people were just looking at something. Well, it was this, this clump of hair that was just wiggling around up here. And after they were going, yeah, I was so distracted by that antenna on your head or whatever. And it's like, and then I talked to some afterwards, people were really distracted by that. And they go, yeah, I saw you before you went up there. And I was going, man, somebody needs to tell him. I go, you need to tell me. I mean, a true friend, if you're walking somewhere and your fly is open, XYZ is a nice thing to say, okay? Don't let me stand in front of a crowd with an antenna on my head. And a true friend will do that. I mean, listen to this again. In the end, people appreciate honest criticism far more than flattery. Wounds from a sincere friend are better than many kisses from an enemy. And to flatter friends is to lay a trap for their feet. And we all know those things are true. Surrounding yourself with a bunch of yes men. Oh, best ever. Way to go. Oh, awesome. And then they go home and go, oh, that was terrible. I mean, we've even done this. We've told the people, oh, great, great job. And then we go, oh, they're never going to get this. Well, we're not being a true friend. Because this is how we learn. So here's a life application for you and me. This week I'm going to speak life to, and there's a blank there. This is an insert name here blank. I'm going to speak life to somebody by kindly speaking truth to him or her. And if you'd circle the word kindly. Okay, this is an important part of truth-telling. Colossians 3.12, Since God chose you to be the holy people he loves, you must clothe yourselves with tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. And I wish I would have continued on with 3.13. 3.13 says, And make allowance for each other's faults and forgive each other just as Christ forgave you. Okay, so... If you put a name in that blank, please do not go to them this week and say, hey, my pastor said this week to, make a, to list somebody who's doing something really stupid, and I chose you, okay? Please don't go to them and do that. That's not what I'm telling I'm not giving you license to go, hey, I've always thought you're an idiot, and my pastor said I could tell you, so here we go. Don't do that. When you're going to confront someone, the whole idea is to pray for them and say, Hey, look, I'm your friend. I mean, this is what we have to consider. When we get feedback, are we getting it from people that we know hate us and are duplicitous, they lie all the time, or are these people who love us? And if it's a stinging type of thing, but it's from somebody who loves me, I better consider this. Why would they tell me that? They're not out to get me. I mean, the enemy is the one who wants to lay a trap for my feet. This is someone who loves me. So if it's your parents or uh, your spouse or maybe your son or daughter, and they're going, hey, can I tell you something, Dad? We need to listen. So think about that blank right there. And if there's someone you need to speak truth to because they're going the wrong way and nobody else is telling them the truth, man, we can really help them. It's a kindness. Speaking the truth is, from a friend is much better than the kisses from an enemy. Point B, a second way that we can speak truth. Speaking truth builds people up, brings them life, because speaking truth means keeping promises. 
oh my goodness, this is so important. I mean, we go, oh, I'm so busy. I had no idea how full my schedule would be. I know I promised this a couple of months ago, but I didn't know this week I'd be sick. I didn't know that all this homework would be due. I didn't know that I didn't know that taxes were due April 15th. I mean, who knew? That type of thing. Okay? Where we can come up with all kinds of reasons to call in sick when we're not sick. To, tell, to make up an excuse for not following through on a promise that we just didn't want to keep. And it's always been this way. That isn't something that's new in the 21st century. Psalm 15. Who may worship in your sanctuary, O Lord? Who may enter your presence on your holy hill? Basically, those questions are, who's doing the godly life right? Who's getting this right? Those who lead blameless lives and do what's right, speaking the truth from sincere hearts. Those who refuse to gossip or harm their neighbors or speak evil of their friends. Those who despise flagrant sinners and honor the faithful followers of the Lord and keep their promises even when it hurts. Can we read that last line together, please? And keep their promises even when it hurts. One more time. And keep their promises even when it hurts. There's not a one of us who can't identify with this. I mean, he volunteered to go help with something. It was a big project. And 11 people said they'd come and four showed up. And now you're in a bind. A friend said they were going to help you move. Didn't even hear from him. And now what? You had a big party, and it's a catered meal, and you're spending a lot. And they RSVP'd. Why didn't you just tell us you weren't coming? We live in a world like that. Remember we were talking about that a speech problem is a heart problem? Well, sometimes we want to make problem, make promises and we haven't thought through what's involved in that promise at all, but we want people to like us. That's not good, and it doesn't build people up. In fact, as a Christian, if I make you a promise and I don't follow through, I've just told you, you may think that I represent every other Christian on the planet, and that Christians just aren't trustworthy. They just lie. They let you down. And that's why it's so important to keep our promises even when it hurts. Ecclesiastes 5, when you make a promise to God, don't delay in following through. For God takes no pleasure in fools. Keep all the promises you make to him. It's better to say nothing than make a promise and not keep it. Jesus said, let your yes be yes and your no be no. Don't make promises you have no intention of keeping. Three questions to ask myself if I'm going to make a promise. First of all, do I intend to keep this promise? Do I know going in I'm not going to do this? Oh, yeah, I'll be there. When you know darn well, you already got something else scheduled. Don't do that. That's just a lie. Have I thought through this promise? And it's going to take time, or it's going to take money, or it's going to take creative energy, or all the above. And then thirdly, do I have what it takes to honor that commitment? This is important. I need to think about these things. People are counting on me, just like I count on others. And if you and I love others and want to speak life to them, we need to speak truth and keep our promises. Life application. This, I, this week, I will speak life to. Here's another insert name here. 
by following through on a promise I made to him or her. Did you make a promise that you're going to have to honor this next week or in the next 10 days? And it's going to cost you? Did you make a promise knowing that you had a conflict? Then at least you need to call and say, I'm sorry. I've overbooked my schedule. I cannot come. And the sooner you let them know, the better, so they can make alternate plans. This is kindness. This is respect. This is speaking life by speaking the truth and keeping our promises even when it hurts. One more proverb on this. Proverbs 25, Proverbs 25, 14. A person who promises a gift but doesn't give it is like clouds and wind that bring no rain. Now, the one time I'm using that verse, it's rained all the time lately. Okay, it's going to rain again this week. But man, I remember a few years ago when it stopped raining at the end of July and didn't rain again until the end of October, and it was bone dry. Those poor weathermen, they would just clamor after anything. There's a 10% chance of rain today, and then it would rain like over one square mile near Otagaville, and that was it. And the rest of us are just baking. And you just go, oh, you see the clouds, and you go, come on, this oh, it's going that way. And we all know what that's like, and it's just so disappointing and disheartening. It's like, when is it going to rain? When is my friend going to follow through? Why didn't they call me? With the words of our mouths, we can speak life or death, poison or fruit. And a lot of it comes back to, will we just keep our promises? And will we give people honest feedback rather than just flatter them? Thirdly, point C, speaking truth means telling others what the Bible says. If you go to our statement of beliefs on our website, the page on our website that talks about our statement of beliefs, you'll find there that at Centerpoint Fellowship, the Bible is our guide in all matters of faith and practice. We believe that God's word is true. And because of that, because it's true, we have a compass. We're going to get all kinds of input from our world. I'm going to get input from celebrities. We're going to get input from all different kinds of religions around the world. You can get input from PhDs. You can get input from people who lived a thousand years ago. All kind, people who are, who are just super geniuses when they're 12. You can get all this on the internet now. And just because you have information doesn't mean you have truth. And that's not the same thing at all. Listen to what Jesus said about this, and it's terribly important we understand this. The night before he was crucified, he was praying for his disciples, asking God to protect them. Well, he left them in the world to carry out his work of making disciples here. And he said this, I've given my disciples, I've given them your word, and the world hates them because they don't belong to the world, just as I don't belong to the world. Father, I'm not asking you to take them out of the world, but to keep them safe from the evil one, the devil. They don't belong to this world any more than I do. Listen to this. Make them holy by your truth. Teach them your word, which is truth. This is why we put so much value on the Bible. It's why every time you get one of these outlines, it's chock full of Bible verses. This is our guide. This is truth. I mean, we live in a day now where we don't even know what truth is, and we substitute words for truth. We've taken that out and said, well, we don't want truth. We want values. And that sounds nice, 
Hey, we'll have values. But whose values? I mean, I don't know if you're aware of this, but in the last 10 days, there have been bills passed into law in the state of, uh, of New York that would say that a woman can abort her baby right up to the time of birth. And when they signed this into law, a full-term baby being aborted and killed, there were people applauding, cheering. These are values. Well, they're not my values. I don't believe that's what the Bible teaches. So where do we make our decisions? How do I know right from wrong? Well, without God's word, I'm left adrift. Maybe I go by whatever's the most popular. Maybe I go by whatever celebrity I hope to follow, even if their own personal life is in complete shambles, even if they don't practice any of what I just said, of what they just said. I'm still going to do it anyway. Well, God's word tells us that it claims to be truth, and Jesus said it was truth. Jesus said the Holy Spirit who inspired the writers of Scripture is the same Holy Spirit who will help me understand it. And he said, he described the Holy Spirit as the spirit of truth who will be in me and guide me into all truth. The church is described as the foundation, foundation and pillar of the truth. And that's why it's so important we study God's word and we study it together. When Moses had finished reciting all these words to the people of Israel, he added, take, heart, take to heart all the words of warning I've given you today. Pass them on as a command to your children so they'll obey every word of these instructions. These instructions are not empty words. They are your life. Moses had been given instructions by God, the Ten Commandments, plus a host of other instructions. And he said, be careful to write them down. Be careful to pay attention to them. These words are your life. They're truth. You're going to get distracted in a million directions. But this is where you can always find truth. Life application for you and me. This week I'll speak life by inviting and put insert the name here, someone to join me, to join me for a worship service and or my connect group. I mean the reason we teach the Bible here every week is that this is a place where people can hear truth. And this happened just a few weeks ago. It happens over and over again. Every year it'll happen multiple times. People go, Hey, can I bring a friend to church? They don't go to church anywhere and they don't read the Bible. Is it okay if I bring them? And I go, yeah, I'll let you in. Here's my card. You can use it as a pass. I go, what are you talking about? Well, I can't invite that person to my connect group. They don't go to church. That's the exact reason you want to bring them to your connect group. How are they going to know truth when they never read it? How are they going to discuss the important things from God's perspective if they don't hear it anywhere? They don't see God's perspective in the movies they watch. They don't hear God's perspective in the websites they visit. They don't hear God's perspective from their friends. They don't have any Christian friends. How are they going to know God's light, God's understanding in their life unless someone tells them? My friends, this is why I will make you this promise every time you bring a person to worship at Centerpoint Fellowship, they will hear God's truth. If you bring them to one of our connect groups, our connect groups are based around relationships and discussions around God's word because God's word is truth. And 
Why would I want a friend to stumble around in the darkness when I come and I go, oh my goodness, God has changed the way I think. As I've been reading his Bible, I don't think the same way anymore. I now see how God's way is better than my way every time. This is my job. It's the job of our staff, Ephesians 4. Now these are the gifts God gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, the teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. And this will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we'll be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like truth. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. This is what it means with the tagline on Centerpoint, centering lives on Christ. I want you to come to worship. I want you to come to a small group. I want you to do all these things. I want you to read the Bible every day so you can know God's word. You can know him. You can know truth. You can enjoy a rich, full, meaning life and you, meaningful life, and you can speak life because you have something to say. Oh, I can't tell you how much this is my heart. And what I pray for every Sunday morning. That's why I pray that God will move me out of the way. I don't want you to take just my word for it. Aaron Ziegler is a student involved in our student ministry. Brandon Wellman is uh, in charge of our student ministry. He's our student pastor here in Prattville. And I've asked them to come up here because this last week, when, or last week or two, when we were going over, we were headed with this message, I was asking, hey, is there somebody in our church who could give a testimony to this? Because uh, I'd really like to hear from them. And Brandon goes, oh, I got somebody. And Brandon, you said Aaron. Why? I said Aaron because, uh, first of all, this guy's been in our student ministry about two years, and um, I've seen him do some incredible things. By the way, we're not wearing the same shirt um, because we, I mean, I know 1 Corinthians <laughs> 11 says to imitate me. Yeah. Aaron's just really following that to the law. We yeah, do believe okay. the Bible. No, I'm kidding. We, we had a weekend, a winter weekend thing and, and where our students, see, I may have enjoyed the little revival that was going on over there. It's a whole host of students. Give it up, guys. Yeah, there yeah. we go. So... And, and I'm going to share more, more about that later on. But this guy came to my mind when we were talking about this because he's been in our ministry for two years. He stands on the stage and plays on Sunday morning. He leads in our student worship band on Wednesday nights as well. But we took a trip in January to Passion, which is one of the largest collegiate uh, gatherings in the nation. And uh, there was four different venues, 40-plus thousand students that we got to be a part of. And, and every year we allow our graduating class to go and take part um, in this event. It's three days, and it's exhausting, but it is amazing. And we had conversations in our room. We got to hear incredible teaching, and, and we just saw what happened when the gospel was loosed in this guy's life, and he, he gave, put all his faith in Jesus Christ. And because of that, John, we have seen incredible everything we're saying, the truth, the telling, the sharing, this guy is doing it and living it out. And we're just like a, a you know, month and a half removed from that. But this is a living testimony of what happens in your life when the gospel takes a hold and you just let Jesus live through you. So Aaron, um, you've heard what Brandon said. Is that true? Definitely. And <laughs> the crazy thing is like the biggest impact passion had really wasn't even like the worship or hearing people speak. It was a conversation in Brandon's hotel room at like 2 a.m., where we actually had security called on us because we were a little too loud. 
got a little too hyped, but um, it was cool just because, I mean, I think that's the first time that I've been able to have a conversation with someone in church about real issues that we're facing in our lives. Just, I mean, within our group, talking about addiction and depression and fear of the unknown, just all these things that apply to our lives, especially in the transition from high school to college, just talking about these things and being open with each other. And I mean, it just had a huge impact on just being able to trust people and step out and take a leap of faith. So you're a part of a small group, too. One of the things we talked about here was making sure that we have people who will tell us the truth that, you know, blows from a friend are better than kisses from an enemy. That's true in your connect group, right? For sure, for sure. I mean, if you just have to take the leap of faith, like I was saying, and you just have to trust that God's going to surround you with people that you can trust and be just brutally honest with and call each other out. And that's scary sometimes. I mean, for real. I mean, like, you just you roll up in there and you're calling each other out. And I mean, like, everybody, nobody's going to freak out if you're like, hey, that's not right. Because, I mean, you're not in front of the whole church just, you know, naming your three biggest sins. You know, you're just among friends and you're telling each other, hey, you need to live right. And Aaron, well, you've got the mic there yet. What's your view on the Bible? Is it true? Definitely. And it's just so necessary because, I mean... If you're not in your Bible daily, I mean, you don't know the word. And one thing we've talked about a lot in our connect groups is just that you don't have to read your Bible, but you have to read your Bible. Because, (laughs) I mean, if you don't know God's word, how are you going to follow it? Yeah. And so, yeah, you can applaud that. So, Brandon, uh, the Bible isn't just for parents. And small groups aren't just for people in their 50s and 60s. We have small groups all throughout our church, and we want the Bible taught at every level, right? We do, we do. On the front of your bulletin jacket, it says the words, it's all about what? Relationships. It's all about relationships. We believe that here. We want every person to be involved in a small group. We call them connect groups because not only do we want to connect with each other, we want to connect with a holy, loving God who would send his son to pay a price that, that we couldn't, to bring us from death into life. And that is happening for adults. It's happening for young adults. It's happening in students. John, it's happening in our kids' ministry. It is happening all over the life of Center Point Fellowship Church. And I want to say, short commercial, if you're not in one, oh my goodness, you're not feeling the life that Jesus has for you. Get involved in a small group, please. We have tons of them. So this morning, we've had a, um, a challenge from God's Word whether or not we're going to speak life or whether we're going to speak death. I'm going to ask these two guys to stay up here because I'm going to come put my hands on both y'all. And I want you to represent everybody else in the room. And so uh, if everybody would stand, we're going to ask God's hand to be upon us. And we're going to pray about those three names. And we're going to pray about those three issues. Because that's not just true for Aaron. It's not just true for Brandon and me. It's true for all of us. This week, I can choose to speak life if I speak truth. Will you pray with me, please? Lord, I'm putting my hand on the shoulders of these two guys because, Lord, I want your hand to be upon them. I want Aaron to speak truth to his friends as a teenager. I want Brandon to speak truth as a dad, as a husband, as a member of our staff, as a citizen. And, oh, God, I want your hand to be upon each one of us. There's no age where we won't benefit from speaking truth. So in a moment of silence before the Lord, is there someone you need to speak truth to today? Not flatter them, but give them honest feedback because it will genuinely help them. It will be a kindness. If the Lord put a name in your mind, would you pray now and say, God, I want to be a real friend and I want to speak truth to them in a kind way.
please give me the opportunity. Pray for that now. And Father, if someone speaks truth to me this week, Father, give me a heart that's willing to accept it. And help me evaluate it correctly. Oh, Father, there are other people we've made promises to, and we need to keep the promise. Would you pray about that right now? Is there a promise you need to fulfill this week? You said you'd do it, and you need to honor that. Pray now and say, God, give me the strength, give me the courage, help me honor my commitments. And finally, is there someone you know who's far away from the Lord? Who's making, they're making decisions based on something, but they don't have God's word to guide them. Would you pray right now that God would give you the opportunity to, opportunity to invite them to a small group, invite them to worship, invite them to have coffee where you can discuss something from God's word with them. Pray right now for an opportunity to speak truth by speaking the Bible. God, keep your hand upon us. We started off this message praying that you would examine our hearts and see if there was anything in us that needed to go. The last thing we'll pray this morning is that. Did God show you a bad attitude? Did he show you a broken promise? Did he show you something that needs to change in your life? If so, would you say, Lord, I heard you. I heard you. Please show me what to do about this. We pray all these things in the wonderful name of Jesus. Oh God, this week we want to speak life. Amen. Hey, can we?